following message is presented by First Baptist Church of Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.fbcmc.org. Now the message. In the world we live in today, it seems like there's so much instability, insecurity, chaos, confusion. It seems like everyone is trying to find some way to just completely stabilize their life. How do you do that in times like these? How do you do that in a world that is maybe unfriendly to the Christian faith or Christianity or those who follow after Jesus Christ? How do you start a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and maintain that stability for the rest of your life. Those are some of the things that we've been talking about over the past few weeks and we've used the gospel according to Luke uh, to do that. The birth of Jesus Christ, the days before, and now we're moving into the days after his birth. Uh, not only was there a lot going on prior to Jesus coming into this world, but even in the days afterward, up until the announcement of his earthly ministry, which we'll cover in a few weeks, uh, there's still a lot of things going on, a lot of movement, uh, a lot of moving Mary and Joseph from one place to the other. And it seems like each gospel writer focuses on something different. They, they don't contradict each other, but uh, they supplement each other or they complement each other in, in the uh, specifics of the story that they share. So how do we have a stable life? How do we find stability in our Christian walk? Uh, with the Lord. We've talked about different topics. We've talked about hearing from the Lord. You know, how do I hear from the Lord in times like these? When there are so many things crowding my mind, when there's so much false information out there, how do I accurately hear from the Lord? Then we talked about trusting in the Lord. When I do get a message from the Lord, how can I trust that that is truly his will for my life? And the direction that he wants me to go in. Then we talked about that waiting period. You know, even after Mary had her uh, announcement that she was going to give birth to the Savior of the world, she trusted in the Lord. But then she had this waiting period of nine months. And there was a lot going on in her life during that time as she waited for the birth of her firstborn and the Savior of the world. And then last week we talked about following the Lord. Uh, Joseph taking his family and going up from Jerusalem all the way to Bethlehem, 90 miles away, uh, at a time when his wife was expecting at any moment. So today I want to talk a little bit about family devotion. How does family devotion fit in in our matter of having a stable life? You know, all the focus up until this point has basically been on Mary and her virgin birth. I mean, all throughout the Christmas story, Mary seems to be the focus. Uh, one of the biggest Christmas songs written in current times is what? Mary, did you know? Nobody has written a song about Joseph, did you know? <laughs> Nobody ever hardly considers him in, in the, the matter of, of what's going on uh, in the days around Jesus. But just think about Joseph and all the, the obstacles that he had to overcome. He was spoken to by an angel just as well. He had to make sure that his family was in a secure place. If you were Joseph, you were responsible for uh, your wife and your future son. Uh, there was no room for you in the inn, and you had to put them up in a barn and say, well, how, as a father and as a husband, 
how would you feel? Would you feel like an utter failure? Would you feel like I haven't done my part or, or I haven't done what I was supposed to? There's a lot to think about when we think about Joseph and the role that he played. But today, as we look at uh, an event that Luke records uh, where Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to, first of all, be circumcised, have his name given to him, uh, his restoration, and not only that, but his commitment as a child to the Lord uh, in the temple. They meet Zechariah, uh, Simeon, and they meet a prophetess by the name of Anna that only Luke writes about in his gospel. So what we look at today is kind of what we compare in our churches today as a baby dedication. Now, when we have a service like that, it's probably been a while since we've had one here at this church. I've been a part of those. Both of our children have been dedicated to the Lord. And when we call it a baby dedication, it's not technically a baby dedication, but it is a parent dedication. It is a responsibility to that parent to bring this child before the Lord and say, you know, I'm not just committing my child's life to the Lord, but I'm committing my life to raise this child in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So I think part of having a stable life uh, deals a lot with the stability of the family or the devotion of the family. And that's what we're going to look at today. Uh, when I first looked at this passage, I thought the focus was mainly on Simeon and his announcement that he made, the excitement that he had, that he could finally hold the Savior of the world in his arms. And uh, I, the more I looked at it, I said, you know, this is more about a family event and Jesus getting to have an example of Mary and Joseph fully devoted to living their life to the Lord and committing their lives to raising their child and the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And I think that's one of the reasons that the Lord carefully selected Mary and Joseph because of their devotion and their dedication level. While we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, I want us to turn to Psalms chapter 127. Uh, we're going to use this as our opening passage because it has a lot to do with children and the family, uh, the parents and their raising of the children. So let's all stand as we read Psalms 127 out of honor and respect for the Word of God. And here's what the Word of the Lord has to say about a household or a home or a family unit committing their lives and their children to the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, that is their family, their home, uh, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward, and like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Father God, we thank you so much that you compare the church body to a family unit, Lord. I believe that here at First Baptist Church, Lord God, we are a family. Uh, this is now my family in which you brought me to, in which you planted me in. And I thank you, Lord God, for this family unit that we have here. And I thank you for the story that we have here unfolding before us about the family that Jesus was born into. And we just uh, ask that you'll open our minds, open our hearts, 
And stir our hearts, Lord God, as we seek to have a stable life, that you would show us the importance of a devoted family in the matter of having a stable life of Christian living. And we just ask these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Children are a heritage of the Lord, no doubt about it. Children are a blessing from the Lord. Uh, there's a lot of responsibility. Uh, a lot has to say about the husband, the wife, the father, and the mother, and the family unit. And I think we see that laid out here uh, as Mary and Joseph become uh, the role models. They basically set the standard of a devoted family in the life of a child. While Jesus was the Son of God, God in flesh, God incarnate, he was sent into this world with a specific purpose. I think a lot is said about what Mary and Joseph set before baby Jesus as a child bringing up. Because we see later on, uh, we'll look at this in the next week or two, uh, Jesus is found as a young boy in the synagogue teaching the scholars of that time about God's word. And while Mary and Joseph were frantically looking for him, they finally found him. You remember what he said? He said, I must be about my father's business. Don't you know that this is what I should be doing? Basically what he's saying is, is you set the standard, you became the role models, and you showed me how important it was to be in the house of God and how important God's word is in my life. And now I'm just following in your footpaths of the standard that you set before me. And so I think to have a stable life, a family devoted to the Lord is critical to that. I would not say that it is completely necessary because there are some people that are brought up in broken homes, mixed families, and they continue to live strong Christian lives no matter what. But I think as a family unit, no matter what it is, that devotion to the Lord basically sets the standard for a child. We see uh, several things that take place in the first few days of Jesus' life, the first few weeks of Jesus' life. If you'll remember, they were in Jerusalem when the census became about. They, they had to go back to their hometown in Bethlehem. And so in Bethlehem, Jesus was born, and that's where our story picks up at. Uh, Luke chapter 2. Beginning in verse 21, we see that when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So in the first opening verses of this passage, we see three things take place that every Jewish boy would have had happen to them early on in their life. First of all, their circumcision and their name, uh, that was going to happen on the eighth day. Uh, he wasn't officially given his name until that eighth day. And then we move on and we see something else, and there's something significant that takes place, something that Luke emphasizes throughout this passage. In verse 22 it says, Now when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem Present him to the Lord. This would, in essence, be similar to our baby dedications that we have our churches these days. It says uh, he was they were brought to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord: Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said to the law of the Lord. 
So the three ceremonies highlighted here by Luke were the circumcision on the eighth day and the official proclamation of the name of the child. Number two, the second uh, ceremony that would be highlighted here was the redemption of the firstborn. It was a presentation to the Lord. It was saying, we commit this child in his life to raise and nurture in the admonition of the Lord. This is very similar to our baby dedications. And the third thing is the purification process, not necessarily for the child himself, but for the mother. So before they could go to the temple, um, 40 days had to pass if the woman had given birth to a male. 80 days had to pass for a purification process if the woman had given birth to a female. So they made this offering as a redemption for the child. The offering here uh, is pointed out as two turtle doves, but the normal offering would have been a lamb and a turtle dove or a lamb and a pigeon. That was if the family could afford the lamb. If the family was not rich enough, if they were not wealthy enough to afford the lamb, then the law made a provision to where what they could afford would be two turtle doves or two pigeons. This was known as the poor man's offering. So this reveals that Jesus was born into a lowly, poor family. He wasn't born into a rich, affluential family. He wasn't born into a wealthy family. But by Luke pointing this out, that it was a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons... Uh, it, it was revealed that Jesus was born into a poor and lowly family. So as I think about this, uh, a family committed to the Lord, number one, will live sacrificially. Are we giving what we need to give to make sure that our families are raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Do our children see us giving sacrificially, not only of our money, not only of our offerings, but of our time as well. A family committed to the Lord will live sacrificially. There will be some things in their lives that they will be willing to give up to make sure that they're in church, they're having a family devotion time, they're studying the Lord, and they're making provisions to ensure that their children see that serving the Lord is important. Because if you think about it, there were other sacrifices that Mary and Joseph had to make as well. Maybe Joseph had to change his occupation to take his family from Jerusalem to Bethlehem or from Bethlehem back to Jerusalem. He still had to make provisions for his family during that time. That was a sacrifice in and of itself. Mary had to sacrifice maybe some hobbies or some things that she typically enjoyed to, to switch her time devoted to raising baby Jesus. She had to make some sacrifices along the way. So as I begin thinking about this, what do we sacrifice these days? Or, or the opposite of that, are there things that we sacrifice that keep us from serving the Lord? Are there things in our service to the Lord that we sacrifice to do other things that take us away from serving and being devoted to the Lord? Which one is it? Which one do we sacrifice? Do we sacrifice the things of this world in order to devote more time to serving the Lord? Or do we sacrifice 
things that will take us away from our service to the Lord to be involved in the things of this world. A family committed to the Lord will live sacrificially. A family devoted to the Lord will be willing to make those sacrifices to make time in the schedule to spend in God's house with God's people and with God's family. Number two, also we see that a family committed to the Lord will live devotedly. I know that's the title of my sermon, but I think what we see in these uh, next few verses reveals a lot of devotion to the Lord as well. Beginning in verse 25, it says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And this word devout is used only by Luke in the New Testament. It's used here and it's also used in the book of Acts as he writes out um, the birth of the church, the first missionary journeys of the apostle Paul. So this word devout that he describes Simeon as is used only by Luke in his gospel writings and in the writings of the book of Acts. Uh, he was devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Basically, if you'll remember, that's the same thing Mary said when the angel made the announcement. So let it be to me according to your word. And now Simeon is using the same phrase, Lord, now that I've seen your salvation, let it be to me according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So I think that a family that is committed to the Lord and that committed to live for the Lord will actually live devotedly. Because here's the deal about what's going on in this particular situation. While Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem, it was not completely necessary for them to actually be in Jerusalem at that specific temple to do what they're doing at this time. But God had arranged it for Simeon to be there at the same time as them because Simeon was living out the promise that was given to him by the Lord as well. And Simeon was the man that God wanted to be there at that time to dedicate the Lord Jesus Christ in his life and his service to the Lord. But out of their devotion... Mary and Joseph thought it was right for them to go from Bethlehem and to be in the presence at the temple in Jerusalem for this time of dedication. Mary and Joseph went the extra mile to ensure that all was in order for their family. They were devoted to making sure that Jesus got his life started right in this world. As their responsibility as his earthly parents, they wanted to ensure, hey, look, this isn't just a normal child. 
We want to go the extra mile to make sure that our child is completely devoted, completely committed, and his life is stable to start off with. So for them to be able to go 90 miles from Bethlehem back to Jerusalem showed their devotion in committing their child and his life to the Lord. There are several specifics covered here in Luke's writing that aren't necessarily covered in Matthew's gospel. First, there's no mention of the shepherds as Matthew mentions in his gospel. Also, there's not uh, any mention of the encounter with Simeon and Anna in the gospel of Matthew as Luke mentions here. However, Luke does not record the flight to Egypt that Matthew records in his. He records them as going straight from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. Matthew said they made a trip to Egypt in between going from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. Once again, these don't offer contradictions between the two Gospels, but I think Luke is more emphasizing the importance of them being devoted and going to Jerusalem and being on site at the temple there to devote their child to the Lord. Luke reveals the depth of this family's devotion by recording their trip to Jerusalem for this purification and redemption process. So here's the question that I have for you. In having a stable life and making sure that your family has a stable life and making sure that your children have a stable life, Do you go out of your way to show them your devotion to the Lord? Do you go the extra mile to set the example and set the standard for them? Do we set the example for our families and what it means to be fully devoted to serving the Lord? So that they were going to the temple no matter what. Joseph said we could do this anywhere we wanted to. We can do this in a synagogue. But I think it's best for us to show the importance of being in God's house, in God's presence, with the man that God has selected to dedicate our child to the Lord. He says, I know it's inconvenient. I I know it's out of the way. I I know we're having to uproot and we're having to travel again from Bethlehem to Jerusalem where we just came from. But I think it shows a certain level of devotion for us to make this journey and to be in the presence in God's house at this time. Can you just imagine the conversation that might have taken place between Mary and Joseph? Mary said, you know what? I I really like it here in Bethlehem. This is your hometown. This is where your family is. Why, Why don't we just stay here instead? Can we do this baby dedication remotely? Maybe can we, can we stream into the online service instead of going to God's house? You know what? There's just, there's nothing like being in the presence of God's people at the right time, at the right place, when God is doing a great and mighty work. Had they not have gone from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, they would have completely missed out on what Simeon just said about the baby Jesus. That they would have deprived Simeon of the opportunity of holding the Messiah right there in his arms for the very first time. 
And this, this old man had waited all of his life to see the redemption and the consolation of Israel. And had they not have made that journey, had they not have been devoted to being in the actual temple in the house of God, so many opportunities would have missed out. And so when we sit at home and we say, I'm going to choose to stay at home and tune in to online services rather than getting up and being devoted and sacrificing my time and being inconvenienced by going to the house of God, so many things we miss out on by staying home instead of getting up and going to be in God's house with God's people. Amen? I can think of so many times when God has shown up unexpectedly. Lives have been changed. People have surrendered to the Lord. When I made my announcement to my home church that I felt like the Lord was calling me into the ministry and I was surrendering wherever he wanted me to go, it was on a Wednesday night and nobody knew it was coming. (laughs) And if they would have stayed at home, they would have missed out on that completely. There's just something about interacting with God's people and being obedient to the Lord and being in the right place at the right time when God starts moving. There's nothing that can replace that. And that's a feeling that you'll never get. That's an experience that you'll never experience. I I understand that live stream is necessary for some people. Some people physically can't make it to church. They physically can't be there. But when we start using that as an excuse to stay at home because it's inconvenient to go to God's house, that shows that our level of devotion is not necessarily where it needs to be. How devoted are you? Where is your devotion level at? Joseph and Mary are basically setting the standard here for their child. Not just for this child, but for everyone that would come along in their family as well. They're saying we find it extremely important to make it an effort to get up and get ready and go to God's house and to be around God's people. And that standard is revealed in the next passage when they see Jesus as a boy in the synagogue. He said, well, why are you surprised? Why does this surprise you? Because you set the standard for me, and now it is natural for me to be in God's house with God's people. I must be about my father's business. And when we show that devotion level to our children, when we show that devotion level to our family, when we are committed to living for the Lord devotedly, It is revealed further down the line. Write down this verse, Proverbs 22, 6 says this. It's probably a familiar verse to many of you. It says to train a child up in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. You might not see it in your lifetime. You might think that it has not set in. But just like Mary and Joseph, you will start and set the standard at an early age. Raise your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Raise your family and show them how devoted you are. At some point in time, they're going to say, you know what? This is not the way I was raised. 
This was not my upbringing. I saw the necessary level in my parents, and that's the life that I want to live as well. So a family committed to the Lord will live sacrificially. It won't bother them to be inconvenienced. They know that there are some things that they'll have to give up and sacrifice to raise their family on a high level and a high Christian standard. A family committed to the Lord will live devotedly. And number three, a family committed to the Lord will also live obediently. So beginning in verse 36, we see not only do they experience and encounter Simeon and the words that he has to say, that they also encounter a prophetess by the name of Anna. It says, now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman uh, was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke to him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So if Mary and Joseph had not have made the trip from Bethlehem to Jerusalem to commit their child, they would have missed out on hearing what Simeon had to say, and they would also have missed out on what Anna had to say as well. But here's the important point that I want to point out to you, because there's five times that Luke mentions this one thing specifically. It says, so when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee in their own city, Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, when you're studying the Bible and you're looking for certain things that will clue you in on what a, tri- a writer is trying to emphasize, anytime they repeat a word or a phrase, you can guarantee that that is something that God is using that writer to stress a high level of importance on. And so in this particular passage we've read, the phrase according to the law or written in the law is mentioned five different times. In verse 22 it says according to the law. In verse 23 it says as it is written in the law. Verse 24 it says according to what is said in the law of the Lord. Verse 27, it says, according to the custom of the law. And then wrapping up this particular passage in verse 39, Luke emphasizes it one more time. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord. So I would have to say that they knew what the law was. They knew what was required. They knew what the custom was. They knew what the tradition was. They knew what was common practice for Judaism during that time. I would say that a family committed to the Lord will also live obediently. Do you know what God prescribes in his word? Do you know how it applies to your life? And do you know how it is beneficial to you and your family to have a stable life? Devoted to the Lord. 
Are you following those ways obediently? Because I would have to say that Mary and Joseph went out of their way to make sure that everything that the Lord prescribed, not only for their benefit, but for their child's benefit, was done obediently according to the law of the Lord. And I think that is something that Luke is making a huge emphasis on here. So Jesus himself said this. He said, you know, the law is there for a reason. I I come to give you grace. I I come to give you mercy. I come to set you free from your sin. But he said this about the law. He said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law. And Mary and Joseph right here in this passage are helping Jesus to get started off in fulfilling the ways of the law, showing an obedience level by applying what was prescribed in God's word at this time for their family. Here's what the apostle Paul had to say about this matter, about being obedient and following God's law. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul had this to say. He said, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. So not only does Paul emphasize the matter of Jesus being born under the law and his parents applying the law and being obedient to the law at the time, but he also emphasizes the matter that we are adopted as sons to the Lord Jesus Christ. While we may not be technically born into the same family as Jesus was, we are technically born again into God's family. But for your family, for a stable life, for a stable family, where is your obedience level at? Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but even more so as you see the day approaching. That's in God's word. Are we being obedient to that? Honor your father and your mother. The Ten Commandments. All of those things that God prescribes in his word, they're not necessary for salvation. We are not required to be obedient to those to earn our salvation. But if you are a child of God, you need to be obedient to the things that God is telling you. We've talked about having a stable life. We talked about how important it was to hear from the Lord. But when you do hear from him, are you obedient to those things that he is asking you to do? There were some things outside of the law that Mary and Joseph were obedient to. It wasn't absolutely 100% necessary for them to go to Jerusalem. But they were obedient. They wanted to take their obedience to another level. Trusting in the Lord. Obedient following him. Obediently waiting for him. Being devoted to him. All of that revolves around living a life full of sacrifices. Displaying your devotion 
being obedient to what the Lord is calling you to do. So Steve Farrar had this to say about the family situation and the, the devotion of a family, how it impacts the life of a child. He says, a boy who has a father who is committed to his mother will have tremendous advantage when, it, when he becomes a husband. He will have an intuitive understanding that his commitment in marriage is not a right to be happy, but to demonstrate a willingness to be responsible, even when it's inconvenient, even when it crowds out his personal happiness. A boy who has a father who is committed to his mother. So, so what does the word of God have to say about that situation? And what was Joseph modeling for Jesus to his mother Mary? What does Paul have to say in the book of Ephesians about the relationship between a husband and a wife? And how it applies to Jesus Christ and the church, his bride. <laughs> this is the really neat part. This is where it all comes together as a family devoted to the Lord. Paul says, husbands, love your wives. In what way? As Christ loved the church and laid his life down for her. And so while at Christmas time, this story about the birth of Jesus, most of the focus is on Mary and her devotion to the Lord. But what about Joseph and his devotion to his bride-to-be? Before she gave birth to Jesus. When he found out she was conceived of the Holy Spirit. His love for Mary didn't change. His love for Mary didn't decrease for sure. I would have to say that his love for Mary increased all the more. As he wanted to take care of her. And put her in the right place at the right time. And to make sure that his family was brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And he was willing to make those sacrifices in his own life for his bride to be. And so as we think about that, as Jesus watched Joseph in his younger years and his love for Mary, Jesus died for his bride to be, the church. That consummation has not taken place yet. It won't happen until Jesus returns to take home his bride in the rapture of the church. Then that consummation process will take place. And that bride that Jesus Christ loved so much and died for and made the sacrifice for will get to participate in what is known as the marriage supper of the Lamb. We'll be with our groomsmen, Jesus Christ, forever and ever and ever because he was devoted to us no matter what. We, his people, the church, the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, he suffered, he died, he is now protecting his church, and he is awaiting the time when we can be together once again. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Isn't that story of Mary and Joseph just, just a great example of what the bride of Christ and Jesus is the groom, the husband is supposed to be like? 
Isn't that amazing how early on in the years of Jesus that that model was given to him by Mary and Joseph? A family devoted to the Lord, a stable life. Amen. Good stuff there. There's, there's a beautiful picture in this Christmas story. More, more than just this, the, the birth of a Savior, but the, the role model that Jesus had, the family that he was brought up in. Joseph is the groom. Mary is the bride. Their love for each other, their sacrifices that they made, their devotion that they made. Every head bowed and every eye closed as we enter into a time of invitation. Where do you stand in your relationship with the Lord? How, how devoted is your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Perhaps you've never entered into that relationship. Perhaps you've never experienced that love that the Lord has for you. Perhaps you don't understand the sacrifice that was made for you to be set free and for you to be redeemed. Perhaps today is the day that God has orchestrated for you to be there. Are you a child of God? Are you in the family of God? Do you know for sure that God is your father and you are his child? If you died today, where would you spend eternity? Do you know that for sure? A child of God knows beyond the shadow of a doubt that heaven is my home. God is my father. Jesus is my savior. My sins are forgiven. His blood has washed me clean. I have been born again to start a new life. If you've never experienced any of those things, let today be that day. January 1st, 2023, perhaps you can say, I don't know Jesus as my personal Savior, but I want to know him as my personal Savior. And in this new year, I want to start a new life. The Bible says that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. So if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the steps are very, very simple to begin that relationship. Tell God you know you've sinned. Tell God you know that Jesus died for your sins. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. And then commit your life to follow him all of your days, no matter what. In just a moment, when the music begins, if that's a decision you need to make, I'll be here in the front. I'd love to talk to you some more about that and pray with you. But if you have any prayer need, these altars will be open. Maybe you're not fully devoted to the Lord as you know you should be and you want to start 2023 off on the right foot. Let today be a day of commitment saying, God, I know I haven't lived the life I should, but I want to. And I want 2023 to be a year in which I grow, grow closer to you than I ever have before.
His invitation time is open for you as well. Father God, we love you so much and we thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for this beautiful example that you've given to us of a husband and a father dedicated to his family, to his bride, to his children. We pray, Lord God, that you would give us godly homes, godly families, parents that are fully devoted to the Lord, children that are raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But God, we thank you that we have this church as a family. And Lord, if there's any one person here that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, they don't know you as their Father, their Heavenly Father, I pray that today would be the day that that would change for them. And we just ask it all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The preceding message was presented by First Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about First Baptist Church, including contact info, go to the website www.fbcmc.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.